0: Hi guys, welcome to Dead by Tomorrow Interviews. My name is Daniel Winter and my co-host is Andrew Monroe. As we explore different topics that are worth thinking about today, we want to bring in guests to share their own unique perspective. We hope you enjoy hearing from our guests as much as we enjoy talking to them.
1: Well, welcome back to Dead by Tomorrow. Today we have Daniel and a guest of ours and a mutual friend of mine at least uh, named Jordan who is with Agile Consulting. Jordan's a really cool guy and most recently was getting in really good shape on Instagram at least and that's kind of what started us wanting to bring him on. But he is a lot more than just his body. So without further ado, Jordan, you want to tell us a little bit about you?
2: Yeah, for sure. Thank you for the uh the kind introduction. That's uh, a little more than I deserve. It kind of pinned me as a fitness uh one of those Finsta Finstagram junkies, but uh that's not that's not me. Uh but I appreciate that. No, I'm uh, I would say in that regard I'm more of like a I take the approach of like a nutrition first as far as fitness. So that's kind of what I I like to uh tell people that ask me what I'm doing and that sort of thing. But um I'm also a full time, I'm a IT administrator for this law firm in North Dallas and I'm loving it, man. Um so I guess you could say um a little bit of a nerd, a little bit of a fitness junkie, um, but it's uh anywhere in between I like to try new things. That's awesome. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna add a little bit to that because
1: I think you undersold yourself. So I and let me get this out there too, because Daniel might not realize this, uh, since you and Daniel haven't actually met before, but as much as I like you, we haven't actually spent a lot of time either. So this will probably be a learning experience for me about you because a lot of my experiences with you were running to you at the gym or running to you wherever in Amarillo before you moved. So that said, Jordan has an MBA. He's <laughs> there's this crazy smart guy i have some really good friends that are really great at it and they all reference jordan as being this higher tier it guy you're super fit that you play basketball like crazy like you've got just about all of the bases covered in every sense financial physical career all that kind of jazz like and everybody i know loves you i have never heard a person talk badly about you so you're kind of uh you're kind of right there on you know the goal for what a lot of people that hopefully are listening to this podcast would want to get to so don't sell yourself too short you're a really really interesting right. really
2: let's uh guy. let's leave the podcast at that man that's, that's a wrap. <laughs> yeah there we go that's it <laughs> No, thank you, man. Those are really kind words, and I, I appreciate that. You're, oh, you're right. We really didn't, uh, we really didn't hang out one on one a lot back when I was in Amarillo. Kind of the one off, uh, when Derek, uh, had you over, or uh, kind of, yeah, I think we filmed at my house for one of his music videos. But yeah, just seeing you in, seeing you in the gym, uh, you're always a spark conversation. We can have that intellectual sparring, and uh, dude, you're a really fun guy to be around. And uh, I'm sure Daniel, I'm sure you're the same. If you know this guy. <laughs>
1: Hey, that's funny. We we had that talk about last time.
2: <laughs> yeah, we we talked about how last time you know you you might assume
0: like, oh yeah, Andrew's a, a decent guy now, or Daniel's a decent guy now, so his friends probably are. But the problem is that Andrew and I met each other such a long time ago that we we're kind of terrible human beings back then. And so apart, we're probably better than together. I, I feel like anytime we spend some time together, that that kind of comes back up a little bit. <laughs>
2: That's good though. It makes good, uh, good podcasting.
0: (laughs) So basketball, IT, nerd fit, like kind of really just like crossing through all sorts of different, you know, stereotypes really. Is there any one in particular that you feel like you would find yourself most pigeonholed in as, as far as being like a fitness person versus
2: being into nerd stuff? Like, where do you feel like you fall? You know, it's funny you say and you use the word stere- slashing stereotypes because that's kind of what I've always wanted to do. It's not really, I, I don't like being pigeonholed. I like, uh, I think I feel limited, and I've always looked up to like the Renaissance man, the guy who's decent at everything, master of none. Well, I don't know the phrase. Do you all, can y'all pull that yeah, off the top of yeah, your head? Yeah, jack
0: of all trades, master yeah. of none.
2: Exactly. I I really like that role and I think you can offer more to your friends, family, really the world for that matter if you're, if you're good at a bunch of different um, areas of expertise and that you can kind of dabble in each things and have your own input. But I just think that's more productive and uh, instead of uh, going the purest way, but uh, I'm, I would say I identified as an athlete growing up, just being, my, my dad was a coach. It was a really small school. So you try to you try to just cling on to whatever identity anyone will give you at that point. And I'm sure that's everywhere, but when we're at a young age. So I clung on to the athlete and this technology realm is kind of new to me. Just in the last five years, I mean, I went and got my undergrad and uh, information systems. So that was more programming focused. I hated it. It's, honestly, I hate it. <laughs> Did not want to be just a, a code monkey all day long. And I've got kind of grew up. I uh, found my way in the help desk scene where you're interacting with people um, a lot more than you would as a coding uh, guru. And it's kind of found my way into a sysadmin role. And uh, I'm really loving this IT branch uh, of life. And it's told it's me a lot of curveballs, but I, I love it. Yeah, I can relate on the information systems. I yeah.
0: started out at AM studying electrical engineering, which didn't love that. That's what my dad did. And so that's just kind of what I naturally gravitated towards. And I'm stubborn, so I stuck with it for a full year and then decided that wasn't for me. So I moved over into the business school and started out over there in information systems. And as I was going, I was like, I feel like this is very similar coursework to what I was just doing. So ultimately ended up landing in in marketing. And that was definitely the right fit for me.
2: Heck yeah, man. What what made you pick marketing after diving into uh, two kind of just STEM heavy uh, backgrounds? (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to do something that
0: was a lot more focused on really just kind of people analysis, which sounds a little bit creepy, but marketing is one of those things that whenever Whenever somebody tells you that they studied marketing and they're in marketing, I feel like naturally you picture advertising, you picture you know something that's really creative with slogans, graphics, that sort of thing. And that's definitely part of marketing. But what is another huge aspect of it is just doing analysis on markets, looking at you know, what motivates people to buy things, what are the different variables that impact success in the business world. And I found that incredibly interesting. So it was still a little bit of that data side. I didn't want to go just full people focused and do you know management. I liked marketing because it had that people focus, but it still had a little bit of that data that I liked. It just wasn't as much so as like information systems or electrical engineering.
2: Sure, man. Yeah, I like that. And do you kind of uh, like the psychology of why people buy things and like the big five personality traits of a lot of different people and how it applies to what they buy or subconsciously what they see in an advertisement? I thought that intrigues the heck out of me.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I actually ended up in healthcare and then more so in management than in actual, you know, product marketing mm-hmm. and things like that. So, you know, you're saying that. Reminds me of things from school, but most of what I'm doing now, it's more, you know, taking a look at how do people grow to become good leaders? Um, how do people grow in, in their, their empathy um, and those types of things? More so than why do people buy things?
2: I love that, dude. That's I mean, you can never have too many leaders. I mean, well, I guess you can in extreme, <laughs> but uh, too many chiefs. But uh, I mean, we need more leaders nowadays, dude, and that's awesome. Andrew, what did you go to school for? I don't think I've ever got that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever right. asked you.
1: <laughs> that's okay well in your defense most of the time that we actually got to have good conversations we were mostly naked in the sauna and it's right <laughs> you know yeah. you talk about more serious or way more ridiculous things if there's yeah such a small piece of cloth between <laughs> uh, you know one man and another man and sure school <laughs> yeah. doesn't come up as much you <laughs> like, hope say. a lot of things
2: don't come up <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, oh man uh, you know another time i've got to tell you about I think it was after you moved, I ran into just two different scenarios, two different days, I guess, where straight up just old naked men just came in, nothing on at all. And I was like, this sauna is getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but oh. I studied global affairs. It was, I don't even know if they still offer it at tech. It was weird. They had this program i thought it sounded cool because at the time i was an rotc and i really didn't want to go do army things i wanted to go to japan so i was like "Oh, i'll pick this major that will make them not get me killed i met two other people through my three years at tech that studied it and i think i had four different advisors that i never saw and then i, I think they got rid of the program so i'm not even sure if exists <laughs> anymore yeah i've got one of those one of those okay but it had a big uh, marketing component on it too which is why you know daniel and i got into this podcast and we've been so wildly successful with our millions of viewers
2: <laughs> i love it dude it sounds like I'm, I'm happy to talk to all those people
1: yeah just uh no fact checking on that okay right, <laughs> right. <laughs> just trust me on it there's there's millions out there <laughs> So I want to ask you a little bit about agile because I haven't talked to you since you put that out in the world. So what's going on there?
2: Sure. So you know agile it's it's been a company that I've thought about just didn't have the right ring to it. I you know you go I don't know if you've thought about ever just sat down and tried to pin a business name to your thought that you think is this grand idea it's a little tougher than it looks and it's it's not as cool as saying like coke or pepsi or you're thinking where do they even come up with these names so you're thinking what, what does my business have to offer to the world that can tie into its name and Agile kind of stuck out to me. It's it's basically a f- focused on fall, small businesses and how they don't have the budget or the manpower to have full accounting departments, full IT departments, full marketing divisions. So we come in and we say, hey, I know two or three guys. <clears throat> Most of the time, they're my friends, connections that I made throughout my life that are really good at these things. I, I know guys that are good at technology, to videography, to marketing. Like I said, and it's it's more about getting those guys' jobs, my friends' jobs, and also helping and tweaking small businesses so they can work more efficient, more agile, and to where they can put. Their their time and their money towards their idea and growing that, while we take care of kind of the hard stuff in the back end. That's
1: really cool, and that's kind of the way the world's going, from what I understand. Yeah, uh, we've talked about deep work a little bit, which I don't know if Daniel has read it. You've read I've it, read right, it. Daniel?
0: I, I, okay. I led a discussion workshop session with our managers on it. Not too oh,
1: long ago. that's right. Yeah, you've you've got a better handle than I do, but like that's one of the things they talked about is like, hey, future. world is going to be superstars where you know a company is going to hire you're going to have a dozen companies that have hired the same guy to do the same job for each of them instead of having a dozen companies with two dozen guys working for them so much bloat yeah it's getting it's getting crazy and people are realizing that they're like hey we need to cut this fat let's let's just go get this guy that's really good let's go get Jordan and have him run our IT instead of hiring in-house we'll get him to do it out of house pay him you know a chunk for being a contractor but we don't have to cover all of his overhead and we only pay him when he works.
2: Exactly. That's the idea. I mean, you most of I mean, you know, working in the network industry, a lot of it's set it and forget it and hope it doesn't break. Um and and you don't need a full time staff for those kind of things. And if you can cut corners, I think that's the first corner you cut. Um and hopefully you can as technology gets better, you don't need an accounting guy, full-time CPA, where you can have a pretty good QuickBooks and a guy who knows some decent assets and debts. It's a little exaggeration. I know that professionally, those guys are really good at what they do, but from a small business perspective, maybe you don't need that kind of thing and you can cut there as well. But yeah, uh, Cal, is it Cal, who, who wrote that book, Deep Work? Cal, Cal Newport. Newport. Okay. I haven't read it yet. It's on the list. Pretty good book. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well worth checking out. Good. I've been really trying to get into Tim Ferriss since you uh, put me on to him, Andrew. Oh, I love Tim Ferriss. It's loving his Titans book.
1: That's a good one. It's long though. I haven't finished. I've, (laughs) there's so much to it. I'm like, I'll read a couple. (laughs) Okay. I need to think on this. Like, and it kind of gets repetitive. It's like, Hey, here's these like super highly successful people that are all doing kind of the same thing. And they all make a lot more money than you.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, he says to kind of skip around as you find interest in it. So I really thought that was a cool aspect of the book.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. He did a good job there you have anything that you want to throw Jordan's way to get this running?
0: I'm, I'm curious. So you,
2: well, how long are you from Amarillo? Uh, so I'm in the Amarillo area. I've always, let's see, let me just back it up. 1994. (laughs) Uh, it's a rough time in the nineties, you know, Uh, weird, honestly a weird time. I was born in Pampa, Texas, even weirder. Mm. So that was, a, that was a wild trip, but I spent most of my life in McLean, Texas, which is east of Amarillo about an hour on I-40, and uh, spent about 26 years in the Panhandle area, eventually going to college at WT, and then working until I was 26, and fl- flash forward to now from the gap of March to what is it now, July 29th. I've been in Dallas. <laughs> God, So uh, it's been a quick adjustment 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 uh but i've really been happy with it man i do love the amarillo area i'm not gonna sit here and knock that oh you could it's okay (laughs) too many people do it i don't want to be the just another noise in the
0: (laughs) i'm curious so you moved to dallas in march which Mm. is pretty much right around the time everything locked down so do you feel like you've gotten to even kind of experience what it's like to live in the city of dallas compared to amarillo
2: no march 13th i uh, left my former job and started the 16th here so that weekend i moved up here got settled in and everything shut down that weekend cuz the uh, i don't know if you've heard of the st patrick's day parade that happens here every I, year man i hate that parade so, so <laughs> that's probably for another podcast <laughs> oh man yeah
0: i so oh, i God. went I went one time with some friends and, and my parents who don't do great in crowds and the, they just kind of shut down the whole street and they make you walk forever to try to get back <laughs> across. And people are drunk and, and not happy and we're just kind of crossing the barriers. And so I thought I was about to see some like some police beat down. So that was one year and we're like, okay, so maybe it's okay if we don't get caught on the wrong side of the street. And then the next year, you know, we lived even closer and we're thinking about taking part and as we're like walking outside that you know see some guy just completely drunk taking a piss in our bushes <laughs> and so i have to run him off and then we are like oh. you know let's just oh. be out of town anytime <laughs> this parade's happening from now on that's a tough experience man i
2: did not expect to hear that that's a different completely
1: <laughs> he different is perspective. down i was with him on that second one and it was like a zombie apocalypse for a mile around his house yeah like people in green stumbling all over the place just by the droves like they were everywhere streets didn't matter yards didn't matter cars didn't matter there were abandoned cars there were cops trying to arrest everybody they could but there was only like 50 cops and there was thousands (laughs) and thousands of people we pulled to his house and we dodged like seriously like 15 drunken green leprechaun people (laughs) and we pull in and there's this guy just peeing on the side of his house as we're pulling in. Doesn't even notice.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it was bad. God, it was awesome. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of what I was looking forward to. And uh, they shut down that weekend as soon as I moved in. And, and the whole country seemed to, or like at least Texas, seemed to follow follow suit. But no, I, I've been to a couple I mean bars, you could barely call them at full capacity. You know, I'm hitting up Chili's, getting that triple dipper. But outside of that, <laughs> it, it hasn't been the Dallas experience yet. I met a lot of cool people, but it's it's. I'm still waiting on that. I'm excited. It's it'll come.
0: Yeah, I mean to be fair, my my first year in Dallas was I, I lived in Duncanville, far away from everybody. Because oh man. I had the bright idea of trying to take myself and my two roommates and figure the most uh, equidistant spot from all of our jobs. And, like, one of us was in – I was in downtown Dallas area. One was in, like, Fort Worth. Somebody was over in, like, Mesquite. So we're like, okay, Duncanville. I didn't know anything about the area. And, and, and Duncanville is not, not a super <laughs> fun place to live. So. I've heard that.
2: Damn, I didn't know you lived in Dallas. That's really, How long were you here?
0: I've been here about seven years now. Wow.
2: And you love it so far so good.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like each year has gotten better than the last. And that's something I think is just if you're intentional about it, that can be true about nearly anything. If you take the mindset that, okay, this isn't necessarily great right now, like coming in Duncanville didn't really know a ton of people. And that was coming off of the high of, you know, being a senior at college where you kind of feel like you're running the town. You have all your like huge group of friends, all that sort of stuff. And then you kind of take that big step back. Um, so it could be easy to feel sorry for yourself. But then you, each year you kind of focus on, all right, building this up, trying to find the things that I don't like, minimizing that, trying to f- find the things I really do like and appreciate, maximizing that. And it's like each year that I've been here, I've, enjoyed it more. And it's grown to be a place that I really love
2: living. Dude, that's awesome to hear. I know a lot of people take that uh, same approach, but they branch off <laughs> the part where they fall out of uh, the peak of college and they're no one and they, they just don't, <clears throat> they don't grow from there. And that's, it's a good that you've taken the opposite approach and seen that there. it's a long road, but, <laughs> and I'm, I'm in the same journey as well as Andrew is, I'm sure too, but it's, uh, it's better to be on that journey than stagnant.
1: Oh no! I'm definitely on that. College was was the peak. I'm just chilling now, waiting for <laughs> <to> death.
2: <laughs> just a slow ride out.
1: Yeah, just circling that drain, and it's just taking a while. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to pigeonhole you a little bit on donuts, those abs of yours. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, for anybody listening that hasn't seen it, go find Jordan's Instagram, and you you can thank me later, guys and girls.
2: <laughs> it's private man it's private son of a gun you're gonna get you're gonna
1: get all million followers now just (laughs) they come at like once a week though so like hold on for a little bit and you'll see them (laughs) Has it been worth the, the pursuit of the abs? Has it been difficult? Was being in Dallas, you know, new area, everything shut down part of the process there? Or has this been like a long-term goal for you? And was it worth it?
2: So <clears throat> that is a good question because I would say from, you know, when you're in junior high, you're like all about looks, trying to look the best, lifting to look. And uh, it used to be about looking great until... I want to say two or three years ago, I was like, this is just not getting me anywhere. Not skinny, fat, I'm fit, still have a little athleticism tone to me, but I'm not getting to my goals that I want to get to. And it's kind of like uh, you'll, you, when you chase money, like with your job, you're ch- just always going to be chasing money. It's never going to be enough. And I still think that way. You, if it's if it's for looks, you're not going to get to your goal ever. It's just not a good goal to have. And when I started focusing on just general health and doing the most optimized and habitual lifestyle changes that I could, the looks kind of followed suit, you know, just tweaking my body on how it performs, posture, diet, nutrition. I mean, I can tell you a funny story about tweaking my diet a little bit to build off of that you know uh, I, I do a lot of research in like vitamins minerals micronutrients how they operate within the body what deficiencies can do to you and i was i was messing around with uh soy milk and flaxseed what <laughs> if you know uh, just a quick shake relatively healthy shake just to get down some protein and uh, apparently uh soy products and flaxseed kills testosterone and i uh i found that oh. out the hard i guess you say the soft way and uh that, <laughs> you know it's part of the journey you know now you can scratch that out of the out of your grocery list and find a different alternative alternative for the omega-3s and flaxseed. and i go to almond milk now for uh, my shakes
1: that's good to know. That would be why the, uh, soy free protein powders I've seen are a little bit more, <laughs> and why it's a thing they're talking about. Cause I'm like, wait, why, why would this way have soy? And I don't care. <laughs> I do care. Right. apparently.
2: Yeah. You, you start looking at that. Good to know. So yeah, long, it's long story short. Thank you. But it's, it's really not the goal anymore. It's, it's, it's kind of just part of the process of the lifestyle changes.
1: Uh, Daniel brought up something that one of his coworkers, what was his name? The brushing your teeth coworker.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Nick, Nick Lamar. Oh yes. I did listen to this in the movement and fitness podcast. Great (laughs) podcast, by the way. Oh, thanks.
1: That was all Daniel. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so he, he had this thing about brushing your teeth and it was just kind of like how he did his exercise or how he saw fitness. And I really liked the idea, but I didn't know if that had resonated with you as well, or if you took a different approach to it.
2: No, absolutely. I heard that. I heard that podcast and I was like, wow, I do the exact same with literally with floss. I put a bag of floss in the in the holder of my car door every time I get in. Uh, oh, look, floss. Might as well floss because, I mean, it's, I've, I've read a lot about, you know, gum disease. Now it can be a pre-indicator of like heart disease. I don't know the exact mechanism behind it, but it also, I mean, who doesn't want good teeth too? So it's just kind of like uh, like greasing the wheel every day rather than thinking and making it a part of your routine because that can be exhausting living by a list that you do every day. Kind of like you said, flossing your teeth, uh, but subconsciously tricking your, your mind and like, oh, it's already there. Might as well so that's yeah i love that principle
1: wait you floss every time you get in the car every time man wait how many times a day is
2: that maybe twice it's really not as many as oh, you okay. think
1: gotta <laughs> yeah, remember
0: nobody's going much of anywhere right now Andrew. no no I, and i see, actually got I an did. apartment
1: go i'm ahead. all over the place i'd <laughs> be like 12 yeah, maybe. a day minimum for me gums bleeding this is good for me i swear <laughs> I need to talk to shalomi sometime about that because i've I don't understand why gum health is related to so many other diseases or if it's just an indicator because it's I've read right. that too and it makes me really sensitive about brushing and flossing.
2: True. Sure. Yeah. I don't know what it is either. I'm just kind of listening to what smart people say and it's, I have no mechanism behind it.
1: That's a good habit.
2: I like that habit because it builds on, or it,
0: it's, it's using your environment, which is another thing Andrew and I have, have talked about, you know, pulled from a book that I, I need to read the full thing. I kind of have just gotten the cliff notes from my sister, but it's called Atomic Habits. And it's this mindset that, you know, your environment is such an important part to making or breaking your habits. And so if you want to succeed in something, create an environment that will lead to that success. And flossing is a perfect example of that. If you're wanting to get more fit, you know, making sure that it's just a really easy process to do your workout, that it, that it doesn't take a lot of effort to get that started and to get that going. That's also kind of a, a deep work idea is that you, you really have a, a finite amount of just your mental ability to do things you don't want to do and you know resist things. And so if you remove some of those barriers, you're just more likely to do it. It's like, hey, my my jump rope is already here. I don't even have to get it out. All right, that's one less thing to deter me. I'm more likely to do it.
2: Absolutely no, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of that. I actually put my guitar on my couch because it's just I'm garbage at guitar. I'm trying to learn a new instrument or not a new an instrument. I can't play anything, Uh, (laughs) so I put the guitar on the couch because it's just easy to walk by, play a couple chords, and that's your practice for the day. It's it's building those habits and sort like you said, surrounding your environment with just little things you can uh, kind of get a, a positive feedback loop going, and every day you do a little bit more, 1% better every day. And you uh, kind of just roll into having a talent or a skill that you just acquired.
0: Yeah. And it's, the guitar is something that I guess it was probably about four or five years ago that I picked up and learned to play as well. Cause I, I was like you, i Really wanted to have access to an instrument to play. It's just something that's fun to do. And I grew up taking piano lessons. I know how to play the piano, but I don't have a piano here. And tougher to come across those. Guitars are just so easy to access. And so, oh, yeah. Um, like you said, I just kind of knew that my goal was to play a few chords each day. And, and I didn't really fixate too much on like, oh, I want to be amazing at guitar or whatever it was. I just was enjoying kind of the journey of learning to play the chords building up the calluses on my fingers and got to the point where i'm not great at tar i never necessarily wanted to be but i can pull it out and have a whole lot of fun playing it which is you know totally worth it
2: dude absolutely that's my exact goal i can maybe play a couple ed sheeran songs at a party get people going i mean nothing nothing really extensive just a small enjoyment of your favorite songs i'm right there with you man
1: I need to learn some Ed Sheeran songs. And then I also need to get people to invite me to their parties. <laughs>
2: Wouldn't that be nice?
0: <laughs> Andrew just bust out the saxophone.
1: Oh, I can't play it anymore. It... You can be
0: you can be the uh, the guy that plays George Michael in the mall and everything like that, you know? <laughs> Sexy sax man.
1: Dude, I, I wish I could. And it's not even like a, a talent issue on the saxophone, which there would probably be that as well, but By the end of band, uh, if you didn't know Jordan, Daniel and I were both in band together, which has not come up in years and it's come up twice now in the last week, so whatever. (laughs) But we were in band in middle school and by the end of eighth grade, I was faking like the last couple of weeks of band, if not more, because I could. it was like nails on the chalkboard using that read, like something clicked. I don't know if it was puberty or... I, I don't know what happened to me, but I went from these little reeds that you use whenever you're blowing into the saxophone, like you put it on the mouthpiece. They were fine. I, like right now, my, my teeth are getting that nails on a chalkboard just talking about it. It it became a visceral negative reaction to it. So yeah, I can't touch a woodwind again. <laughs> it still messes with me.
2: And the world is better for it. Thank you. It is.
1: <laughs> it is.
2: All right, Jordan. So earlier
0: you said that, like, being a nerd is part of your your Renaissance man goals. And so, when you say nerd, that can mean a lot of things. Now, that can mean just like being good at coding and being good at computers. That could mean liking D anD D, which Andrew and I have talked about too much recently, or liking video games. Like, what like flavor of nerd are we talking
2: about? So, to be honest. The nerd part of the fitness routine, and well, let me just scroll back a little bit. Nerd is from a perspective of an IT guy. I've lo- always loved computers growing up. Do like the computer applications contest at UIL, loved it. Every BCIS class I could get a hold of, I'm, I'm in it. I'm not doing AG, I'm doing BCIS. It's it's always been an innate interest of mine, and I think a lot of us had just the the video games kind of sparked a lot of that for this generation that it's it's always been just tinkering with tech when i bring that nerd aspect to the fitness part of it i i really like diving into the science behind what you put in your body how different systems in your body react to it and how they can work together to uh I, i always use a car analogy for kind of someone's body. Um, If I told you, hey, I'm going to give you a car, but you got to take care of it, but it'll last you your whole life as long as you take care of it. That's what I really like to dig into how you can fine tune that car, give it the best gas, give it the best oil and watch those things just work like they're intended to do.
0: That's awesome. And so I feel like with cars, you kind of have a spectrum of people. You have people that just like, you know, they need their car to get them to and from work and they don't take a good they don't take good care of it, which obviously we, we shouldn't be that. And then you have people that do their routine maintenance. They, they take care of the car the way that they should. And then you have people that obsess over cars and, and they want to get the maximum amount of horsepower and all that sort of stuff. And so I feel like, you know, most people are going to probably fall a little bit in the middle category of taking care of the car but maybe not wanting that to be their their full-time hobby. And so is there any advice you would give to somebody as far as like, hey, doesn't matter who you are, you've got to do this nutritionally for your body to get the most out of it?
2: That's a good question. And uh, I think I may have sold myself as some guru that's just all about it <laughs> and does it. Day by day, like polishing my car, I really try to stick to. I really stick to this like VIN triagram, if you will, and and everything I do. And it's uh, cost versus time versus benefit, and uh, I try to stick within that middle ground of that. So if this is going to be an expensive nutritional cost, um, it's probably not going to be it. If it's taking me too much time to prepare and cook this, it's probably not going to be it. And if it's really not that much benefit, probably going you know, to avoid it. So I would like to think I do it for the lazy, the one who wants to do the bare minimum in the cheapest way to maintain optimal health. And I would say, and when you say bare minimum, what somebody should do to maintain, do you mean from an exercise perspective, nutritional perspective? What are you, what are you um, asking in that question?
0: If you've got insights on both, I'd love to hear them. I sure. mean, the, the fitness perspective, I, I think That's something Andrew and I have always done an okay job on, but we could probably, if we have to choose one, we probably need to know more about nutrition.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But we'd love to hear both.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I really think a lot of people get mixed up and waste a lot of time on hitting macros. You hear macros all the time. Hit your macros, you'll do. It sounds like it's this holy grail of nutrition but uh i mean obviously it's it's proteins carbs fats and those are essentially your energy build your energy burners your muscle builders basically what basically that i focus really on micronutrients and the nutrient dense fruits and veggies that you can eat throughout the day and then i supplement with protein i really don't worry about carbs i get those from my fruits and veggies that I, that I use for the micros and fats, they kind of do the same. So I really, I try to hit those nutrient dense, uh, fruits and veggies like kale, avocado, almonds, carrots, and these are all like, Grazing food you can store in the cabinet and the fridge, walk by, pick it up. You don't have to prep it, pop it in your mouth, drink some water. I mean, these are things that can get you a long way if you do it if you're patient and disciplined two times a week. You're, I mean, as opposed to zero, you're not eating any avocado, any eggs, any almonds. One or twice a week will do wonders over two, three months. Um, so I, I would think taking that approach, really trying to hit those nutrient dense stuff. Hell, look at the back of a micro or a a multivitamin bottle just one day. Get your vitamins A through K, E, um, and all sorts of nutri- uh, minerals. Google, just take one of those, vitamin A, Google it, say, you know, what foods have vitamin A in it? You'll have carrots, sweet potatoes, um, that kind of thing. Go down the list. Vitamins B, C, what are, what are signs of uh, deficiencies in these? What do they lead to long-term? It's It's Really, we have all the information at our disposal. I think if people just sat on their phone and did that, looked up these things, instead of, you know, take five minutes off of TikTok, take five minutes off of Instagram, don't scroll for another 10 minutes. Uh, I I really think if you did that for yourself, this one guy I'm listening to, I'm loving lately, Jordan Peterson, uh, he, he goes on to say that any skill you learn earlier in your life, can only compound. I mean, obviously the more you age, the skill you learn at 25 is going to be way more valuable than 45 because you have 20 years to improve and build on that. So I think if these people just did the bare minimum, what's, what's the least amount you're willing to do right now in pursuit of your goal? And just do it. It, it doesn't matter how small. Um, people try to blow it out and say, I got to do this five times a week, three times a day, whatever. Just make it your next decision to be a better decision than the last.
0: Yeah, I, I think it it kind of goes back to the idea that the the best diet, the best, you know, workout routine is the one you're going to actually do, That's um, it. the one you're going to actually stick with and I think about so I play a lot of ultimate frisbee and I've gotten pretty decent at it this point. I'm I'm definitely better than the average person at throwing a frisbee and If I go out and play with a a new group of people and, you know, they they don't have as much experience and I'm throwing a flick or something like that, you know, every time somebody will come and ask me, like, how do you do that? Can you show me how? And I'll show them and it it never really goes that well. And so they ask, like, how do you get to the point where you can do it? You got to do it. 10,000 times. Like yeah. I, I've been throwing a frisbee almost every day for like 10 years. So. Jeez.
2: And that, <laughs> so that's that. such a cool sport. I would love to play that sometime, dude. That's that's a really fun exciting thing to watch. Yeah, I'll, I'll hook you up. please.
1: I know a guy in Dallas who uh, knows <laughs> what the games are at. So. <laughs>
2: Perfect.
1: So something interesting you said on that, and it, you actually used close to the phrase earlier and this is something that's on my mind because I just read about it this morning, but you said greasing the wheel. In my mind, I I heard and I read this thing about greasing the groove. I like that mindset that you're kind of putting forth. And that seems like they go together on the, you know, taking every day and just spending a little bit of time researching nutrients and what food you should be eating. That mentality of, you know, hey, instead of spending time on social media or mindlessly consuming content, how about I use just a little bit of that time to try and learn something new and that will better myself and then make some small effort like eating an extra banana or eating an avo- avocado wow that's a hard word to say avocado. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, no, so you know eating that avocado and you, you do something like that that one percent better you grease that groove every day where you're doing just a little bit and a little bit and you're right over 20 years. I can't even imagine the kind of results you get after that kind of time. And Daniel's Frisbee is a great example. Of you, you grease that groove every day and you start building that focus and that connection and making the skill better. And you're going to be somewhere so much further down the road than somebody who waits 20 years to do it.
2: Absolutely. I mean, do you remember last week? what did you eat last week?
1: Mm. I know I mean, had a lot of pizza. pizza. <laughs> fair,
2: fair. <laughs> Wrong example, but uh, most people don't. <laughs> most people don't. And it's like, well, you could be reaping benefits for your body if you just suffered through that one meal or one less Coke a week. Maybe it ter- turns into two Cokes next month, but just do the bare minimum you're willing to do ever. I mean, it is lifestyle changes. When that
1: suffering goes away, a lot of, like my, my thing with pizza and ice cream and, canes and a lot of the bad food i eat i don't feel good after i eat it so really i'm i'm suffering afterwards for eating it and then on top of that if i go just a little while if i just do a, you know a clean week or a clean couple of weeks those cravings go away it's all artificially created needs inside our body because we're messing ourselves up if you start eating clean like what you're talking about and you stick with it for a couple of weeks it's not suffering at that point. You're, you're going to be looking forward to those fruits and veggies that you're eating and your body really does want them and craves them. It just gets, confused with all of the processed sugar we're shoving down our
2: throats. absolutely and these companies know it they know the psychology and the, the brain chemistry behind getting people addicted and you know the, i mean god cane sauce you kidding me that is made out of I, I don't even know i don't even know it's just you know addictive. how many calories are in it there's like
1: 200 <laughs> calories in that little thing of cane sauce it's more than the chicken strips
2: <laughs> unbelievable and well and just I mean, to build off that i don't i don't eat purely clean i try to stick to that 80 20 principle because there's too much good Shit in life to eat. I love mm-hmm. cheesecake. I love the, the vanilla latte at palace that we used to get. Like it's there are twenty percent things that I need to really try in this this life. Um, you can't go one hundred percent on anything, and I think that's where a lot of people screw up with that black and white thinking.
0: And I I think that's what actually can help you to enjoy, you know, the latte, the cake, yes. the cheesecake more is when you actually create some restrictions, make it something special and and you don't just indulge to the point of overindulging and, and that's that's something that I notice is my if my wife is gone for a week, then I eat terribly. I eat so many bad things. And after, you know, the third night in a row of eating canes or Chick-fil-A, it, it really just it doesn't taste
2: good i don't feel good
1: you're like why am i doing this to myself
2: (laughs) it's it's, it's terrible i used to be a dr pepper fiend and i would go five (laughs) days a week and it's like it's water at this point yeah i would take three days off come back to the fourth day like god this is so good so yeah like you said you, you uh come back to it and it's way better
1: well, so I haven't drank a Coke in I don't know seven or eight years, maybe, and I cannot stand them now. Dr. Pepper, whatever it is, Coca Cola, my body does not like it at this point. It hurts when it like I sip on it because I've tried a few times recently, and it's just mm-hmm. I won't even. I'll take a sip, and be like, no, I'm I'm not having this.
0: That's how I feel ninety percent of the time. Every now and then, I that nostalgia hits. Andrew and I, I feel like we grew up. I would guess, Andrew, you know, maybe give me your your top three, but. Maybe there's some overlap here, but my top three things that I was probably consuming from the ages of like 12 to 18 was Dr. Pepper, brown cinnamon, sugar, pop tarts,
1: and hot dogs. Dude, <laughs> middle school, high school. I wish someone would have sat me down and been like, Hey, here's how to like increase your life results by a hundred <laughs> times. Stop eating this crap. <laughs>
2: oh man. Me too. Dude. Yeah. That
1: was- Cause we, we had a lot of Pop-Tarts and Dr. Pepper energy drinks by yep. the dozen.
2: Monsters. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Monsters,
0: yeah. But
2: Slices
1: of pizza.
0: So, so every now and then I, I feel nostalgic and I'm like, I really want a Coke. And you're right, Andrew. Like the first sip, maybe it's all right, but I never finish one. And I always just feel gross afterwards. And and I'm actually like, I'm starting to get that way with, uh, with alcohol too. Half the time I just i'll have a couple drinks and then i just don't feel good i'm like why do i do that i don't like that. I'd rather just have a lacroix yeah
2: dude that, those are great habits and great things like that's better than a lot of the population i would say
1: daniel's got some of those abs too most of the time so
2: <laughs> it's skinny boy abs mostly
1: yeah it's okay you know it counts i count it Okay, Jordan. Sorry, I got a little distracted there, but (laughs) I'm going to change topics a little bit on you. And you have what most people consider a successful career path along with everything else you're doing. So how have you used discipline in both, you know, your career and the fitness and everything like that to move forward? And has it had like a negative effect in any way? Have you had to say no to certain social things or have you been able to balance pretty well career and physical accomplishments?
2: You know, I. That's a really good question. The only way I can really think socially it might neg- uh, negate the effects of all that I'm doing. You know, sometimes I'm not going to get that pizza when we go out. I'm not going to get blackout. I'll have a couple drinks. Um, people who you are, are generally, generally, genuinely close to won't. That won't matter to them. But it's going to be those outlier friends who kind of judge you or put you in that uncomfortable situation and question that. But I think for the most part, it's really, you know, all of these things have helped. I I know this is kind of shallow to say, but people really do treat you according to how you look and whether that's sloppy or well-kept. You know, let's say everyone knows that. Are you going to sit around and bitch that people are so shallow and only care about looks? Or are you going to really take advantage of that knowledge and kind of tap into that algorithm and become the best looking best feeling per- version of yourself i'll take the second one but well, you know whether that's attracting a future partner or um, more better selection of friends or getting hired for that next job it really does help to look presentable and look confident and i think a lot of what i'm doing is building confidence in that way and like i said sticking to that fin triagram i don't think my social or career has has hurt really because i'm always focused on the laziest way the shortest amount of time and the cheapest way to get the best results so I'll hit the gym for 45 minutes, four times a week, maybe, and, and really hit the nutrition, you know, 80, 20. And that's about it, man. It's It's been nothing but positive, in my opinion.
1: I mean, shallow, yes, but also very true. So I like it. I, <laughs> I completely agree with that. I think sure. a lot of people who are struggling in their careers or in a lot of different ways. That is always my first thing like, well, hey, help, go hit the gym, you know, yeah. spend six months you know, getting in better shape and then see what happens after that. Like I bet at some point in that six months, everything's going to be way better.
2: Right. And there, there's a, a quote, another Jordan Peterson quote where he says uh, this client he had said uh, if it's there's either two options, either the world sucks and they're all out to get me or I suck and I can at least do something about that. So take that second option and run with it. Hell Yeah.
1: I like it. We were talking about fitness challenges, you know, and in Daniel's mind, whatever communication methods we seem to have. And I got an Apple watch, I think after our last episode on the fitness stuff, I'm not sure it's, it's still pretty recent, but I got in a competition with Daniel and he won't stop beating me, but where are you at on the fitness
2: tracker thing? Dude, I'm going to disappoint. Honestly, I, I have an Apple watch for sure. I don't use it except for sleep tracking. I really do like the sleep tracking and I really don't really dive in much into that. I just see, oh, did I get eight hours? Oh, did I even get into REM sleep, which I don't know what that does. I just say, I think it's good. I really think you could chase your tail when it comes to step counting and stat chasing, but it, it is fun to look at. And it's definitely cool to see those sleep numbers though. It gives me, I mean, even a placebo effect. I'm feeling good, jacked up, drinking some coffee after i had eight hours i mean i think there's something to it i just haven't found my niche for a fitness tracker yeah daniel have you used yours for sleep tracking
1: i
0: haven't and it's part of it is just the the whole charging thing gotta find the time to charge it and then i the the apple watch it's fairly low profile but i i still just get annoyed i sleep on my end up like putting my arms on my face and stuff like that a lot. I would just oh, yeah. get annoyed with the watch. Yeah, it but, lights up. <laughs> lights up right in your face. It does. So Andrew and I for a while had these whoop I think oh, they yes. actually pronounce it wop
1: Um No, that's just wrong.
0: <laughs> well I I'm an Aggie and so like Whoop means something
2: special to me. So uh <laughs> I forgot to ask you Andrew, how was that whoop uh subscription?
1: The price point is rough, I think uh, thirty dollars a month. Is kind of pricey for a fitness tracker in any sense of it. That said, I really liked it. Like the data was really clean. Um, the 20, it was 24 seven. Like you didn't take it off. They had a, the charging method was a portable charger. You charged it separately and you slid it over the watch for an hour when you wanted to charge it. So you didn't take the thing off, which makes it more effective because you never forget to put it on or forget to charge it or anything like that. But the data was really cool. It just was hard to justify that $30 a month after the first six months. Cause at sure. that point I was like, all right, cool. It's helped me develop some new habits. It's made me really conscientious of my sleep and my lack of cardio in my case. And it was really cool. I really liked it. And I think a lot of people could benefit from it if they're just starting out and trying to figure that stuff out.
0: Yeah, I agree. It was it's the only tracker that I felt like I could actually sleep with because it is so low profile. It's not gonna light up and it's pretty, pretty comfortable. It didn't really get in the way. So during that time I did get to get some sleep insights and I like what you're saying, Andrew, about six months. It's a long enough time to build some habits. And that's why I stopped the subscription because $30 a month is a lot for a fitness tracker. It was worthwhile though, because during that time I got to get some insights, got to make some tweaks, sort of build some habits. And then at that point, I don't really need to keep paying for it because i'm just continuing to see the same things now maybe if i make a big change to my routines or things like that then it'd it'd be worth going back looking at kind of re-upping and um, re-evaluating the data but worthwhile at least for the the start
2: what do y'all think needs to be tracked where one of these companies could really make a lot of change or a lot of something that you would buy or pay 30 a month to see 30 a month is tough
1: uh I don't like a lot of subscription stuff. Think what would be best if they paired it with either some kind of personal coaching or their own fitness program. So like the Whoop, it covered sleep really well. And it covered the strain, how much your exercise was getting you to. But as far as I know, they didn't have kind of like a a system for like, hey, are some workouts you can do. So making it more group fitness oriented and having almost like digital online classes or something like that might have been a good option, which there's a lot of free options for that anyways. But maybe a little bit more personal training, maybe a little bit more nutritional approach to it, like macros and micronutrient tracking in an easy to do manner. You know, it it needs to be intuitive and as easy as just wearing the thing, which I have no idea how to do. But Mm -hmm. stuff like that would maybe make it more worthwhile because at $30 a month, you're paying for a gym membership at most gyms.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think having what would be amazing is if it looked at what my strain was for the day and then said, Hey, here, here are some, some good exercises that you can do today that if you do this for 20 minutes, you do this for 30 minutes, you're going to kind of hit what your strain target is for the day. Um, and then versus like the day that it's where you're super rested, ready to go. And again, kind of giving some recommendation on, Hey, like, try to hit a 10-mile run or, or try to um, do this sort of thing. And it'd be kind of cool if ahead of time you were saying, hey, I'm I'm a runner, I'm looking to kind of achieve this goal, or I'm a lifter, I'm looking to achieve this and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gave you some exercises based on that. I think that'd be really cool. I also, with, with all fitness trackers, I still feel like most of them are glorified step counters. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> and, and they can track heart rate and some of that sort of stuff. But I just you know, there, there'd be days where I would kill myself in the gym, like would be so sore but because I didn't take a lot of steps and maybe my heart rate wasn't as high as if I, you know, just did like a two mile run or something. I'd have comparable strain and have comparable recovery. And I'd be like, Hey, I, I am not recovered that much. There's,
2: <laughs> there's no way.
1: Right. Yeah. It's
2: kind of the equivalent of measuring like, Oh, that's your BMI. So we can tell how, what you're, what you look like by BMI. It's just not the best measurement. It's kind of just, yeah, we know your heart rate. Yeah. We know your steps. And it sounds like whoop just has their own algorithm that kind of tells you what your body was stressed with based on the sleep that you had the night prior. I don't know exactly, but yeah. Sleep and heart rate. Okay. Mm.
1: They did. So what was cool about them? And, and then we got to get off this cause they're not paying us money for this. So our millions yeah. of listeners, you know, they don't get this stuff for free. <laughs> but they do a variable heart rate. So they're actually checking the change in spacing between the beats. So not only are like the beats per minute, but how often it's changing. So if you have a really strong, steady heart rate, where even if I'm walking, my heart rate doesn't increase really high. It's saying, Hey, your variable heart rate is not taking as big of a hit on minor cardio activities, like standing up and walking or going and getting groceries or that kind of stuff. And that is actually in their mind, a lot better indicator of where you're at physically and how much strain you're putting onto your body and that kind of stuff. So it was a really cool concept. It could be witchcraft or, you know, a scam. I don't know, but I liked it and it seemed legit.
2: Yeah.
0: So Jordan, if you just kind of think back over some of the different things that you've done and and I kind of, I sort of want to pick on basketball because I'm a, I'm a huge basketball fan and we haven't talked about this. So do you have any particular, um, either accomplishments for yourself that were memorable in, in basketball, or, um, if you're a fan of watching any, any moments where you were just super pumped about basketball at team, something like that.
2: Um, yeah. And uh, this is going to sound a little cocky. Um, I really, I, okay, I'll, backtrack a little. I loved playing basketball growing up, and it was kind of a way to get out of my head on most days, and being a coach's son, you know, you have unlimited access to the gym at all hours. I would stay the night in that thing. I would just shoot all the time. It's just a meditative experience growing up, and you know, I was a solid player, and I, I, had, I could really shoot the ball, and uh, scoring was kind of second nature I wouldn't I was kind of lazy on defense but uh and it wasn't even a big school so take this as a very uh, big grain of salt but uh I had a pretty big scoring average it was about 30 a game and it was kind of over the panhandle it it stayed number one for a couple years I don't know if it still is but uh I was pretty proud of that it was it was just a fun thing to say look back and say yeah I did that and uh I'm proud of it so
0: yeah That's awesome. 30 a game. That's a big deal, Andrew, if you aren't (laughs) following along.
1: So actually Jordan (laughs) was supposed to help me train in basketball secretly. I was was going to hook up with him at the gym and get him to train me on how to play better. So I could come to Dallas one of these days and just blow your mind with my sudden rise to basketball skill and stardom. But we never got a chance and then I blew my knee and (laughs) you know how it goes.
2: Series of unfortunate events. Yeah, yeah. we need to play well, some time, man. That's really cool that you like basketball. It'd, it'd be fun to pick your brain a bit, little bit about who you like and what your favorite teams are.
0: Yeah. And, and I got to ask right now, you know, we're we're a, a day away from the NBA restart. So yes, what are your thoughts on that?
2: You know, I thought the COVID took away the Mavs' chance at a championship run. (laughs) No, but I think we have a good chance to, uh, I don't know, it's going to be tough for anyone to beat the Lakers, Clippers, but we're, I don't know if you can tell my bias to the Mavs, but we are a young team who has potential. I mean, lucas he's amazing, dude. He's he's something else. God, he is. So, I mean, I think there's always a chance. We're not the, the most talented team, but anything can happen in Orlando in the bubble.
0: Yeah, I I think some things going for us where you know we had a terrible and, and, and Andrew you can you can drop off anytime you want. No, um, <laughs> we, we had a we had a terrible at home record, yes. and so being able to just play all of our games away, I think, is actually an advantage. And it's sort of unfair to say this about Luca because he one in Europe you know like probably the second biggest stage in the world so it's not like he's a stranger to to like clutch play Mm -hmm. but a lot of those guys really just haven't been in a playoff situation before and I think it might be a little bit better where they don't have all the crazy crowd you know not near as much media like they can really just kind of focus on playing basketball and those guys really they seem like they like each other so I'd give them a chance depending on you know, their, their matchup, we got to move up in seating.
2: But. Yeah. The, the chemistry is <laughs> there. Like you said, we, we play well together. Rick's a good coach. Um, but yeah, the, the total lack of veteran status. I mean, we have, what is it? JJ Barea, who's the only mm-hmm. vet from that 2011, but he's about to croak. I mean, it's, it's just a lot of factors against us, but like I said, we're young and chemistry heavy. So I think that'll only work in our advantage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Before we go, who, who do you have in the finals? Shoot.
2: Uh, I'm thinking Bucks Lakers.
0: I'm. I said it from the beginning of the season, and and I feel like COVID has only made it a little bit more likely. I'm sticking with Clippers Bucks.
2: I like that. I like that. I, that mine was kind of a cop out because everybody thinks that, but uh, no, I, I like the Clippers beating the Lakers. That's going to be good. They won't meet up for a couple rounds, but you don't think anybody can take out Clippers prior to that. I know that the Mavs won't. We match up
0: terribly against the Clippers. Yes, we get crushed. Yeah, and I I feel like, I I don't remember, I mean, the seating's not set yet, but I think about like Houston being small ball, I I just feel like Kawhi and Paul George can can really take care of that. They're just such good defenders already as it is, and and they're such a, a deep team, and such a clutch team i just james harden hasn't been clutch in a finals yet or it hasn't been to a finals yet hasn't been clutch in a western conference finals yeah really
2: not much else on that side of the bracket outside of the denver not bad but i wouldn't have them meet an la team
0: no nah. denver's they're good and, and Jokic has slimmed
2: up but mm-hmm. i don't i don't think so uh, i agree
1: i know who luca is
2: <laughs> <laughs> stepping stones
1: uh, yeah, he's he's a uh, he's that guy on the Mavs team from Europe.
2: <laughs> we'll get you there someday. We got a lot of European. I Europeans read an
1: article the, about it. He turned it with uh, Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah,
0: the, the two basketball players that you that you know, or at least active ones.
1: Right, I think there was a third one that I knew.
0: Yeah, I, you should. I get carried away. <laughs> but <laughs> but only okay. most, he's only the most famous basketball player, you know, right now
1: in this. Not show. LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't count. <laughs> okay, Jordan, is there anything else you want to leave us with before we uh we go down this rabbit hole?
2: I <laughs> uh, yeah, I do actually. I love love quotes. Uh, quotes are really big. I don't I don't know why I love quotes so much. They're almost meaningless if you can't apply them. Um, but one I really like lately is uh, you'll watch an entire Netflix series even when the first episodes are slow just because someone told you it gets better. But what if you looked at your goals like that and watched your life get better instead? By Mick k on instagram not sure if he stole that but there it is i
1: like that's that. awesome i love that one more shout out for jordan and uh, his consulting business he actually has my favorite email newsletter and it comes out on monday mornings so if you want to get some more of jordan's wisdom and honestly some possibly overly well done infographics i don't know where you're pulling that from but like the stuff is great
2: thank you straight from reddit <laughs>
1: Oh, good, good. I was worried, honestly, that you were building them yourself. And I was like, oh, these have got to take some time. Imagine that. <laughs> so he's got some great stuff. It's called Five Minute Morning. I think you can sign up for the newsletter at the number five M-I-N morning. Is that right?
2: Um, it is five, the number, and then minute morning, all spelled out. Oh, all the way spelled out. See
1: it's been so long i've just been <laughs> receiving them it's all right yeah, <laughs> so yeah go check I'm that out fine. if you want to hear more about jordan and in general he covers everything from nutrition and fitness to financial habits and just interesting facts and trivia and that's a really cool way to start your mon- monday morning so give that a check we really appreciate you guys coming on Jordan, thank you so much for letting us abuse your time and your knowledge. So I really appreciate it. And I'm sorry that we didn't get to hang out more before you left for Dallas, but I'm excited that, you know, maybe you and Daniel can play some basketball a little bit and you can treat him like he treated me.
2: Yes, absolutely. Thank you all guys for having me on. And uh, it's it's really been awesome, man. I really like what y'all are doing here. It's, it is helping everyone who is listening. I know it's helping me. I don't know the exact numbers. We'll we'll call it a million, but uh, you're you're (laughs) helping a million people, man. That's really cool. Um, i will be up in amarillo (laughs) so i will see you in amarillo sometime
1: perfect man well thank you and thank you guys for coming on to another episode of dead by tomorrow this was daniel andrew and jordan and we hope you have a great day and we look forward to connecting with you soon
0: see ya